I got bunches of notes here, but it ain't all about this message, it's about something else. All right, what we're going to do is, um, several months ago I gave a message in, on how to be successful. Does anybody remember any of those messages I gave? Yeah, and one of the points was focus. Everybody say focus. And so if you're going to be successful in your life, in any area of your life, I don't care what, it, it doesn't have to be spiritual, but I'm going to talk about the spiritual part, but just like on a job, a career, you can't be the jack of all trades. You know, the old saying, the jack of all trades, the master of none. God's calling us to really have a focus in our lives in every area. If you, you know, like what we're talking about here with this presentation, if you're going to have a good marriage, you've got to put focus on it. You've got to focus on having that marriage. You've got to work at that marriage. It takes focus to be successful in a marriage. It takes focus to be successful in a job, in a career, okay, in a, in a profession. It takes focus in your spiritual life. Amen? In other words, everybody, you can't be everything. God has created every, uh, you know, He's created us all differently because we all, even though we have all of God in us, we can't, we have, it is impossible for us to express all of God. Amen? That's really one of the reasons there's different types of churches and different types of ministries and different types of people because those carry something. They release something, you know, into the world that, we can't. So what you got to do is you got to discover. You got to discover this thing. You got to get to discover who you are. You got to discover the things that God's called you to do and who, who He's called you to be more than anything else. And you got to begin to go after that. And if you'll do that, you'll you will be successful as a Christian. You'll be very successful. You will have a very prosperous Christian life. You'll be very fruitful in your life, and you know you'll experience the Lord more than what more than normal. The problem with that message was once I gave that message, God, God really started messing with me in my life about my focus spiritually. Okay, it was a little bit, a little dicey there, here and there, but He's really began to speak to me about my focus. I want to read this scripture here, Matthew twenty-five fourteen. It says, "For it," and He's speaking of the kingdom of heaven. If you go back to verse one, when they first began to talk about the kingdom, it's just like a man about to go on a journey. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. This is one of these pictures Jesus gave. Uh, to help people understand the spiritual world, who called his own slaves and entrusted, everybody say entrusted, entrusted his possessions to them. You see, that's the thing that God really wants us to know. He, every one of you in this room, every, in every true church of the Lord, that belong, you know, true church of the Lord has something entrusted to them. Okay? Every one of us. And we've got to get that word. Entrusted is really a very key word. Now, I, here's what the definition. Entrust means to assign the responsibility to do something. In other words, every one of us have been assigned. Everybody in this room, whether you want that assignment or not, you have an assignment from the Lord. He's assigned it, and there's a responsibility for you to do it. So we have to take, we have to take these assignments from the Lord. We have to take this entrustment from the Lord serious. This is a serious matter. If you're really going to come into all that God has for you, are you following what I'm saying to you? Now, what I like this, what I want to talk to you about is, is DNA. Y'all know what DNA is. Everybody knows what DNA is. I wish you could explain it to me because it's sort of a medically convoluted discussion. But everybody has a particular DNA in this room, okay? That's why you have the hair that you don't have if you're certain people. Because you have a DNA. DNA is like the code. It's like the recipe. It's like the blueprint. Somebody was saying blueprint earlier. Who was saying that? I was hearing that word blueprint. Yeah, blueprint. It is like a blueprint, like a blueprint for a building to build a building. That's what DNA is to you and I. In our bodies, my eyes are the color they are because I have there's a blueprint in my cells that says they're that color, and I got that blueprint, you know, from my daddy, 
Okay, now I want Lizzie Stein to stand up. Okay, stand up, Lizzie. <laughs> yeah, listen. But if you look at Lizzie Stein, this is the great thing about DNA. DNA replicates itself. It copies itself into other people. This girl looks like her mama. Why does she look like her mama? Because she has her mama's DNA in her. Okay, she is as smart as her dad. Not that her mama's not smart. Okay. Okay, but she, she's got some of her, daddy, her daddy's wit and her daddy's uh, 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 curiosity and her daddy's ability to see things and solve things. I've seen that in her. Okay? She got it from dad. You can sit down. Thank you. She got it from her dad. She got it from her mom because they carry the DNA that they have replicated into her. Well, we also have a spiritual DNA. Okay? Everybody in this room, you have a spiritual DNA in you that's been given to you and it's come from somewhere. And that is what I'm talking about. When Jesus said, when he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who goes on a journey, who called his own slave and entrusted his possession. I'm talking that possession that he's entrusted to you and I is his very DNA that he has put into you and I. His DNA that he's given us that's unique to each one of us, just like in the natural it's unique. And it's unique to this church, just like we're not like a Baptist church, okay? One's not better than the other. That's just the way it is. This is who we are. That's sort of important. So he's given us this thing, and we had to take this thing and, and really pursue this thing. Now, um, um, there's a connection between DNA and something else called... Remember what I preached to you back in January, the first Sunday in January? Does anybody remember my only other message I preached in this church this year? Huh? Who said that? There you go, Destiny. Remember? Yeah. See, she's knowing some something. At least one person in this church. I gave a message on Destiny. I'm going to tell you why I gave that message on Destiny. Because I feel destiny in my life more than I ever have in my entire life. I feel this sense of destiny knocking on the door of my heart calling out to me. This church, the destiny of this church is calling out to it. You should be feeling destiny. And so I did this message, but there's a connection. See, this is not just random, trust me. There's a connection between destiny and DNA. They go together. Do you understand that? There's a connection. Those two, you, you, they, they go hand in hand. Um, let me just read it. Let me just tell you this, this, these little two scriptures. I should have put them up there. Colossians 127. Christ in you... The hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Who Christ is in you has to do with your destiny. Okay? Who Christ is in you has to do with your destiny. You got that? Christ in you, the hope of glory. That has something to do with your destiny. The other scripture is 2 Corinthians five seventeen. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Who you are in Christ has to do with your DNA. Are y'all following that? Who you are, if anyone is in Christ, he's what? A new creature. He's not something new because he's got some new DNA placed into his spiritual life. His, there's, a, there's a spiritual DNA that's suddenly imparted him. That's really important because, say, one of them has to do with, with, with destiny. One of them has to do with identity because that's what DNA is. DNA is about who you are, who God created you, what God made you to be. So you can, out, so you can live out that destiny. I'll tell you another thing. The one thing that... The, that, that the devil is going after all the time. In every Christian's life, he's going after your spiritual DNA. If he can get your spiritual DNA, he's got your identity. If he can take your identity away from you, then you will try to live your life. You're going to try to be something else that you're not. Are y'all following that? What happened to Jesus? Think about it. Think about this. 
The Bible doesn't ever tell us that the devil messed with Jesus up until this one point. And this one point, all of a sudden, the devil shows up. His right to his baptism. Now, he, it doesn't tell us that he didn't, he, he couldn't, but it did say this is where the devil shows up in Jesus' life. Jesus was baptized, right? Remember? What happens when Jesus is baptized? He goes in the water, comes out, it says the, the heavens were opened, right? A dove came down out of heaven, being the Holy Spirit, and came and landed on Jesus, and then there was a voice that came out of heaven. This is really some of the greatest scriptures in the Bible, because we need to experience that ourselves. A voice came out of, heaven, out of heaven and said what? This is my beloved son, and I'm pleased with him. I accept him, I love him, he's my man. Okay? The next thing the Bible tells us what? Is the devil attacks the very thing that God just said to him. The, the, father said, the father said, this is who you are. And the devil went after If you're that son that that voice out of heaven said you are, you need to start doing these things to prove it. Are y'all following that? That's really critically important. So you see, the devil's going, he don't, really, the devil don't, he's concerned about your destiny. Okay, but he don't attack your destiny directly. He attacks your identity directly. He goes after your DNA directly because if he can get you to believe in your something else, you'll act like that something else. And you'll not do the thing that God's called you to do. You'll not be who God's called you to be. Are you following that? That's critical because most Christians are struggling with who they are. Most, many Christians don't know that. And many Christians are trying to fulfill a destiny that was never meant to be. They're trying to be something else. Go to any high school in America, any high school. I don't care what high school it is. And, and you'll see that, as you all know, if you were a high school student at one time. They're all looking for a identity. They're all looking for a group that will accept them, and they will become that group. Right? Yeah, they really will. That's what kids do. That's what we all do. And we all do it when we get older until the Lord begins to speak to us and reveal who we are, reveal our DNA to us. Are y'all okay? Y'all ain't looking like it. All right, I'm, <clears throat> my voice is dying, so we're going to hurry. All right, you can actually, in the, spiritually, you can develop your destiny and your DNA, okay? You, you can develop it. You can, can you, cause your DNA to grow in you and become something greater in you. And, 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 and same thing with it, because here's the thing. You, the, let me just say this. I might have said it a while ago. The DNA that you have... You're stuck with it. The DNA that God gave you, you will not be able to change it. You're stuck with that. You can, you can uh, disguise it in the way you look, the way you act. You can act like something else, which is living a lie, but you will never change it. You, it's impossible to change. It's impossible. You can't change it. You'll live your life being something else that wasn't true, that was a lie, and you'll be unfulfilled. You'll be insecure. You'll be messed up, and you'll be searching constantly for something. And, and indulging yourself in things, or indulging, I'm talking about good things. And, it, and you'll find out they're, they're like drinking from an a, a empty a cup that's got a hole in it. It's just, it will, you'll never be filled. Okay, so, but in the right environment, okay, and let me just tell you, the first environment starts right here in your mind. In the right environment, you can cause this DNA that God has put in you to grow and develop in your life. And in the wrong environment, you can squelch it. You can push it down. Let me tell you one of the greatest environments there is, the greatest atmosphere there is for your DNA. It's called the Holy Spirit River. When you get in the Holy Spirit River, the Holy Spirit River is full of destiny. It's full of God's DNA. It does something to you. It screams out to you. It activates something in you. It causes something in you to come alive. Has anybody ever experienced that? 
Come on. I mean, that's what it does to you. And when you spend enough time in that river, it is going to bring that DNA to the surface in your life. Okay? That's why atmospheres are really important in churches. And atmospheres are really important in homes. And atmospheres are really important inside of here. Because that's how we cultivate and develop our true identity in Christ. That's where it grows or it is quenched at. Right? Y'all okay? So we have this... Uh, oh, yeah, I want to mention the word acceleration. Okay? That's a good word, right? When the Holy Spirit first began to move in our church, that's what He told me He was doing. He said, I'm trying to, trying to accelerate. Y'all remember me telling you that? We were here as a church, right here. And God said, you're supposed to be here. So I'm going to do something. I'm going to get you from here to there a lot faster. That's acceleration than you could have got there normally. So I'm going to accelerate you to this point and to get you where you're supposed to be has to do with this. has to do with discovering your DNA. has to do with discovering your destiny. See, that's why you... That's why... If, I won't... Okay, anyways, go on. Let's move on here. I want to make you jealous for the things of God. If you are a person who's not jealous for that, you need to get... Get jealous! You know? I want that! Really, you need to want this. Because I'm going to tell you, I've lived it both ways and in another couple of ways. And none of them work. So we have this destiny on our church. We have a destiny that's been given to our church. We have a DNA that's been given to our church. Okay? We are proprietors of that DNA. We have been entrusted with that DNA. Okay? And we, it is our job before God, before Almighty God Himself, if I could overemphasize this, that He is looking at us and saying, I have entrusted you with this thing. I expect you to replicate that into people's lives. I expect you to replicate it in people's lives around you. I expect you to replicate it in people's lives all over the world. How many people were here Wednesday night? Heard that guy from China. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm just, this is a diversion. I'm not really big on missionary talks. I, I, you know, missionary talks bore me because they're always putting up pictures of people. Oh, this person. I'm thinking, I don't know that person. You know, this, that. But this guy was incredible. That guy, that guy injected something into our church. I felt like this. Something, it's like God took this big old syringe that had something in it. I'm not sure what it is yet. It was something spiritual. And he injected it into our, our atmosphere. That man had the cleanest spirit on him than any man I have ever been around in my entire life. There was a cleanliness and purity and humility on this guy that was incredible. It's like <clears throat> what I know to be the truth about this guy. He was telling a quarter of what he's actually done. A quarter. He wasn't. He I mean he was like downsizing it too much. You know, not trying to like evangelize, evangelistic. What they call that? Evangelistic, yeah, make it bigger than it really is. No, he was dialing it down, down, down to make it look little like this is not that big. Right? Isn't that right, Christina? This guy was an apostolic guy. He was an apostolic guy. Might be apostle. Anyways, he was helping us. He was injecting something into us. It was almost like a spiritual vitamin. Okay, that God was trying to, trying to help us as a church to come into this thing and realize your destiny as a church is to take this DNA, this precious DNA that has been passed down to you from other believers before you. Whether you realize it or not, there have people who have paid a huge price for this DNA. They've kept it. They have been ridiculed. They have been rejected. They have been, been spit on and laughed at and made fun of, but they carried it and they passed it around to people and they found people where they could pass it into their hearts. Okay? 
That's why I'm really enthusiastic about it. That's why I feel a lot of passion about it. Because I feel like I've been given something that's really precious in the Lord's sight. I feel like, and the reason I feel it is because I know people paid, paid a dear price for it. And God wants that DNA to continue in the earth. It's important to God. Okay? It is important to Him. It's real important to Him. And He's been looking for somebody, for people who said, listen, I'm going to entrust this to you. Here it is. You're the caretaker. Take care of it. Facilitate it. Make sure you don't sit on it. Okay? It took me 13 years to figure that out. Okay? 13 years. It took me 13 years from the time the Lord gave me this thing. Okay? It took me 13 years to figure out, finally I know, finally I understand, this is what really my life is geared for. This is what God has done. Are y'all following that? My throat. Anyways, it's exciting. As you can tell, I have a lot of passion about it. Okay? Think about being able to take the DNA that God's given you and give it to people all over the world. That's that's how important it is because God wants it all over the world. Okay? All right, let me give you this. I'm talking about atmosphere. John 14, 21 through 23. Are y'all all right? All right, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. Let me just make sure you get that. That scripture could be a very condemning scripture if you were carnally minded because you're going to think, well, heck, I ain't kept God's commandments. I mean, that's the first. I read that in my natural mind thinking, I'm out. <laughs> Obviously, I don't love the Lord because I'm disobeying the Lord. He tells me to do stuff all the time I don't do, and then he fusses at me about it. Like, well, I told you to do it. You, you know, okay, just go ahead and go down that road, and you can get all messed up about it and then come back. Okay, I mean, right? I mean, come on. I mean, is anybody in here going to stand up and say they did everything the Lord told them and, don't, and not disobeying the Lord? I guarantee you are. You know, I'm not stupid. Y'all ain't. Let's get real here. This is what it means. This is what a real disciple is. Okay? He who has my commandments. What are the Lord's commandments? He said these are the main two things. Everything hinges on this. Number one is loving, the God, loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Loving your brothers as yourself. Loving your neighbor as yourself. Right? That's all of it. Everything boils down to that. Two things. Passion and compassion. And the great thing about it, the Bible also tells us that Jesus, that the Father loves us. Okay? He has imparted this love so we, you know, we can love Him back. So He did everything for us. All we've got to do is receive it and believe it. It's not like we're under some kind of judgment or some standard to live. Are y'all following this? This is important because if you're like me, you used the way I read the Bible, you read it carnally and you're condemned and judged and none of it works and you hate it. And, and, but this is better. This way is a lot better. It's more from the grace. It's more from God's power and love in your life. And he who loves me will be what? Loved by my Father. Important. Loved by my Father. And I will love him. And I will disclose, or a better word, I will manifest myself to him. How many people want the Lord to manifest himself to him? How would you like the Lord to appear to you in your life? How would you like Him to appear to you in many ways? But how would you like Him to literally appear to you in your house? A light comes into your house and you see that's the Lord Himself. Well, there's been many people in history that's happened to you. Okay? Many people. So don't throw it out, you know, if you think this is crazy. It's not. That's the goal is to see the Lord. Okay? That's the goal. Well, I believe the Lord's going to re- reveal Himself. He's promised us that. We have the legal right to say, Lord, manifest Yourself to me. Manifest Yourself to me. 
Show me. I want to see the Lord Jesus. I want to see Him. I want Him to open heaven up. I want the spiritual, I want this world to open up like a curtain and begin to see into that other world and see Him and see His glory and see His beauty. You think your life won't be changed? <laughs> Something's going to happen when that happens. Right? It's going to be changed. Judas, not a scared, said to him, Lord, what then has happened that you are not, you're not... You're going to disclose yourself to us and not the world. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come and make our abode or our home with him. We will make our home with him. Thank you. Isn't that, let's give her a hand. So I can't stand listening to somebody whose throat's all raggedy and messed up, neither. It drives me crazy, so thanks for doing that. All right. This is what the Lord told me, okay? See, I've been going out to this thing. This is what he told me. This is what your focus is. Your focus, the Father's house is spiritual. The Father's house is an atmosphere. It's an atmosphere where the Father's present. It's an atmosphere where the Mother is present. You know who the Mother is? The Mother is the Holy Spirit, Right? The, the mother nurtures in the home. The mother teaches in the home. The mother comforts in the home. When you're sick, the mama heals you, makes you well, right? That's who the mother is. And then the brother or the companion is, is the Lord Jesus. That's the home that God really wants to release in the earth, but it's spiritual. So he was saying to me, Byron, this is what you need to do. You need to go after that atmosphere. Make that your focus in life. Go into that focus of bringing that spiritual atmosphere in. Then all the natural stuff will happen out of that. But you can't make the natural happen and not have this other thing. Are y'all following that? Because he's saying this, the DNA is all I really care about. I don't care about all these other things. Those are things y'all need. I don't need those things. But what y'all really need is y'all need the atmosphere. You need to get a hold of this atmosphere that will cause this DNA, cause this identity in you to grow, cause your destiny to suddenly come alive to you. You begin to feel your destiny. You begin to feel you was placed here for something. Okay? And you begin to know this is what I was placed here for. Because most people don't, honestly. I bet you if we took a poll, 80% of you would say you really didn't know. I bet you a lot of you really is like, you know, I'd like to know about this stuff. Are y'all all right? If you're insecure today, any, in any area of your life, if you've got insecurities in you, it's, you know why you have it? Because you lack your identity. You, there's an identity lack. There's a DNA lack in your life. Now, that's the truth. Because when you begin to get identity from God, insecurities go out the window. Y'all right? Are y'all good? Well, okay. Here we are. Let's do this. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. There's so much here. But I wanted to share you a couple of good things here. Second Timothy 1.12. Okay? Listen to this. For this reason I saw also Paul's at the end of his life. Does this make sense? I've so I've suffered also suffered these things. But listen, but what? I am not ashamed. Everybody say. There was no shame in his life, and he was in a mess. He was in a mess. His life was coming to an end. He had, but he had no shame. Okay? But, you know, why was there no shame? For I know whom I believe that he's able to guard what I am trusting him to, until that day. You know, he had something settled in his life at that point. In fact, he had that settled a long time ago, and he lived it out. He had his, this is who God created me to be. 
this is what God gave me to do. This is my destiny. This is my identity. This is my DNA. And he lived it. And when he was at the end, he said, I'm not ashamed of anything I did. In fact, here's what I'm doing now because I'm at a point where I can't hold on to my destiny anymore. Because that's what's going to happen. I want you to come to a place in your life where you cannot live, where God will take you a place where you can't hold on to your identity or your destiny. Okay? Because God will bring you to the very bottom. Well, let me tell you this little story. This is about me. Okay? This, this is a major impact on my life. When I was in high school, I had no vision for my life. Okay? Other than this. is getting high. That was my vision. I wanted to get high for my life. And my vision for my life was to figure out how to be able to do that and just party my life away. And I had, a, as far as making money, I was going to make money illegally to make sure I could support my lifestyle. That was my, my goal and vision. So I went through high school. I never studied. I never opened a book. I opened a book right before going to the test and look, uh, what, what, what are we having on this? You know, can I pass this test? If I could just skate by and get out of high school, then I could get out of my parents' house and I could go live out my dream that I had. Okay? But one day, something happened to me. This is what my daddy said to me. He said, hey, Byron, this is what needs to happen. This is what you need to do with your life. Byron, you need to go to school and become an electrical engineer. And then he said these these words to me. You can do this. You can do this. And you know what? When he said that to me, I believed him. I believed what he said. It impacted my life. And so I applied to colleges, and I got accepted in a college. I don't know why they accepted me. <laughs> How'd they accept me, man? But I had to get a physical to do it. And my dad's taking me over there, and he said, I need to tell you something. He said, I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to pay for this physical for you. He said, but I don't have no money to send you to college to pay your tuition, to pay for you a place to live, to pay for you a car, to pay for your food. This is all I can do, but you can do this. And I went in there and took that physical, and he paid for it. And you know what I did? I found a way. And I went to college, and I became an electrical engineer because my daddy said, you can do this. He spoke some identity into me, and when he spoke it into me, I knew I could do it. Are y'all following that? Now, this is important. Okay? This is really important because we need to get it because we all need to hear Father God say those words to you about your identity and about your destiny. You can do this. Because you know what's going to happen to you? You're going to run into a day when you realize, oh my gosh, I didn't study in high school. I, can't, I don't know how to study this stuff. I can't just go in there and take these tests in college and electrical engineering and think I'm not going to be able to pass them without studying. I've got to even learn how to study. <laughs> and I've got to learn how to study by Friday because I've got a big test Friday. I was very challenged. I went through some stuff. But you know why I was able to overcome it? Because of those words of my dad. You can do this. Every time I felt like I wanted to quit, because now there's a lot of times I wanted to quit, I, can't, I just can't do it. Now I hear them little words in my mind. You can do this. And it kept me going, it kept me going, it kept me going until I finally graduated. Now let me tell you what happened to me recently. In fact, this June. Okay? June, I think it was June the 10th. Y'all know what happened in June. So I was in a bad moment in my life in June. I sat back there in that office really thinking, I can't do this. I, don't want, I want out. I mean, I'm looking for a way out. I'm looking for the exit. 
I'm out of here. I can't handle this. I can't take this. I get this email from somebody. Y'all remember Nancy Brubaker? She used to be in our church a long time ago. She moved down to Atlanta. Nancy wrote me this letter, and she said, Hey, the truth, Byron, God would have never let this happen in this church if you couldn't do it. But you can do this. She used the same words my daddy said. You can do this. And when she said that, I knew I could because I remember what my daddy said to me. No matter how low you, and that's where Paul was at. Paul was at one of those crisis moments in his life when he says, no, you know what? I can't hold on to my destiny right now. I can't hold on to anything right now. But Daddy said, I can do this. Are y'all following that? Daddy said, I can do this. And I'll get through this because I have put it back in Daddy's hands. See, there's a time when you put your DNA. There's a time when you put your identity. There's a time when you put everything back in. You gave it to me. You entrusted with it. But I'm at a point where I can't even hold myself up, much less all this. And I don't even want this no more. So I'm giving it back to you. Are y'all following that? And guess what he says? You can do it. And Paul did it. Paul, you know, knew that he was going to be beheaded. And he said in the, a little bit later in that same book, Second Timothy, you know what, I finished my course. I fought the good fight. I did it! I held on. Why did I hold on? Because Daddy spoke to me. Daddy said something to me. He told me who I was. And I did what he told me to do with my life. Because I heard Daddy say it. See, we've got to hear Daddy say it. That's what DNA is. It's hearing Daddy say, this is who you are. This is what I created you for. And you can do it, by the way. You can do it. And, and if you, I'm going to tell you something. You won't bear to do it if you don't really hear that. You will not do it. You will do the wrong thing, in fact. And you'll fumble around. And then I'm, I'll admit to you, it took me a little while. Like I said, this took me 13 years when I even got on this topic with God, 13 years ago. Like, what is this? What, explain this thing to me. You know, and then I start talking about folks. So y'all good? All right, let me tell you this one other story. Second Timothy 1. Oh, man, come on. One, Second Timothy 1.14. It says, guard. Everybody say guard. All right, guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in, in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. See, God sees it as treasure. Guard that through the Holy Spirit. All right, let me just tell you this little story. Uh, how many people know Noah Manyika? Yeah, you know, Pastor Noah, he used to come around. I still have a relationship with him. Uh, but he has a brother named Sam Manyika who is in Zimbabwe, who's like an apostle over there. He's got all these stuff going on over there. He's, serious. he's a serious dude. He's the kind of dude you don't want to mess with. You know, he's got lots of authority. But he came over here, and me and him, me and Pastor Noah and Jim Hill and Pastor Sam, that's what they call him, were back there, what used to be an office, which is now just, prayer room. We were back there, and he wanted to pray for me, okay? Now, Pastor Sam is a man of great authority, but he's a very quiet man. He's a very reserved person. Even when he preaches, he doesn't preach like an idiot, like I do, like, like some kind of thing, maniac spitting and carrying on. I mean, he don't do that stuff. He's just as calm as the day is long, like smooth water. But when he says stuff, you, you better listen to what he's saying. You know, like he ain't got, you know, I don't raise my voice to try to get something, but I'm just, you know, I do it because that's how I feel it. You know, <laughs> you got to go how you feel it, okay? If you can, if people let you. If they won't, just go somewhere else where you can. That's sort of my thought. But he, the way he felt it was calm, but there was just authority and power on his words. He goes back there and he says he needs to pray for me, okay? And this man goes insane in that room. I mean, I mean really insane. He was, 
bouncing up all the walls. I mean, literally, he was jumping around. He was screaming. He was slobbering. He, he was going mad praying for me. I'm there like... I mean, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what does this mean? You know, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. What in the world does this mean? You know, I'm looking at his bra. I'm like, what is this? I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't he never does that kind of stuff. Ever. In fact, I asked him, did you ever, do, you ever see him do that before? Never. And guess what he was praying? He's praying, Lord, help Byron to guard what you have been entrusted to him. Help him to keep it. Help him not to lose it. Help him not to let it get, so give it away. Help him nobody steal it. And he was just going bad. I, I knew what he was praying was from the heart of the Father. And I knew it was something that was heavy on God's heart. This was probably back in 2001, maybe, or 2000, you know. And so now... We're in a year. See, this is what's happening this year. People, there's people in this room that you have felt this thing called destiny. You have felt stuff in you from the past, but it's almost like the back burner of your life because it didn't happen. You got discouraged. You got, kicked, you know, whatever happened. I mean, it could have been other people could have stomped, you know, smothered you out and stepped on you. Or you got just so disillusioned with it all, you just gave up. But this is a year where God is going to revive things. He's going to revive the Churches are going to be revived. Individuals are going to be revived. God's going to revive dreams. He's going to revive callings. He's going to revive purpose. He's going to revive true identity in people and bring it up. That's what He's doing right now. And these things that you have probably let go, or maybe you were a person who's never felt any of this, but you're here today, and God's talking to you. Okay? He's talking to you. I'm telling you that right now. This ain't no trying to have a good message thing. In fact, I told Marlon... I'm, hey, I'm good when worship's over. I'm going to go home. I'm done, man. I'm happy. I, I just assume not do this. Listen, this is, this is important for you, important for me. God has a destiny on your life. God has a DNA on your life. What you've got to do with your life is you've got to go after those things in your life. You've got to go after, this is who, the, who Daddy says I am. This is who the Father says I am. Because He's entrusted you with something. He's entrusted you with this, with this DNA. He's entrusted you with this destiny that nobody else, that nobody else can do. And when I was naive in 1997 when he said, I'm giving you this assignment, okay, I was naive about it. I said, yeah, I'll take it. You know, I didn't know what I was getting into. I'm glad I did say it. You know, God's wanting to speak to you today about this. He really is. Because we're going to go, that's what we're going to do. That's, I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is, for me, this is my focus. God's given me a DNA. I know where some of it came from. It came from one of the guy, you know, Arthur Burke released some of the DNA that he got from the Welsh Revival and Smith Wigglesworth. I don't know who got it from there. He released that DNA into people, okay? He released it. He released it into your granddaddy, your daddy. He Somehow he got it into me. This is stupid. But the Lord said, listen, you're responsible for this now. That's what he told me. This is your assignment now. You've got to make sure this thing goes out to other people. God wants, this is, he wants a lot of people to have this. He wants people all over the world to have this. And by virtue of you sitting in here today, you're, you, 
Whether you know it or not, you, this DNA, you're getting this DNA. You already got this DNA. This is your DNA too. You may not want it. All I'm telling you, remember I said, you may say, no, I don't want that DNA. It's too late. When you were born again, He just happened to slip that into you. You already got it. And you had to make a decision about it. Serious, isn't it? It's kind of scary, really. Like, oh gosh, what have I got myself? This ain't, I, this ain't no light, relax, and be just a happy-go-lucky Christian. It's important. Amen? So, I don't really know what to do right now. I'm just going to pray a simple prayer that God would release something into you today. I want, here's what I want you to do. I want somebody to quit being liars because you're lying to yourself. You're trying to be something that God has never even had a word to say to you about. Okay? And that's really what, you know, that's not walking in truth. That's not being truthful. I want you to get back to who God says you are. Okay? And if you need a revelation of the Father, which you really need that to get all this, honestly. That's how it all works. That's why the, it's the Father's house. It's the, that atmosphere is what is, is the platform that God has given us to release this. Okay? Because you, get, you bring people into that revelation of the Father. Suddenly, when you know Him, guess who else you know? You. That's how you know yourself. The real you. The person hidden down in there and all that junk that needs to be pulled off of it. You know, know you. You know your DNA. Then you start knowing your destiny. Right? That's how you get there. I'm telling you. I'm giving you the big Christian secret. <laughs> you know? And then when that gets released, then you can start going after it. And you can be bold. And you don't have to be ashamed. You can go after things that God's put in you because you'll know they're from Him. So let me just pray this. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I just believe, I believe this is you. I believe that's what you want people to hear today. I believe there's a DNA that is precious in your sight. It's a treasured possession, and you've released it, Lord. You've released it. Lord, I pray right now for everybody that we would see that. I pray for revelation. I pray we would pull on that. We'd pull on heaven today for our DNA and for our destiny. Lord, release it now for those who are struggling in this area. Release destiny. Release that sense of destiny. Release that feeling that there's something I'm supposed to do in this life. There's something that God has given me. I don't know what it is, but there's something. There's something. I pray they would hear those words. You can do this. I pray they would hear, Father, Father, I pray people begin to hear those words in their hearts. You can do this. You can do this. When they feel like giving up, they would hear you say, you know, you can do this. When everything is wrong, they would hear you say, you can do it. You can do it. When they feel unqualified, disqualified, and rejected, they would hear you say, you can do it. When they don't even want to hear it, when they don't want to do it, Lord, I pray they would hear you say, you can do this. Lord, let people hear the Father's voice. Let these people hear your voice, Lord. Let everybody in this room hear, hear the Father. I'm talking God the Father from heaven like you spoke over Jesus' life, like you spoke into my life, Lord. I pray they would hear it. I pray that for them, Lord. I pray they would hear your words. This is my son. This is my daughter. I love them. By the way, you can do this. 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 Do y'all hear me? Do y'all hear me? I'm speaking for God right this minute. You can do this. Whatever it is. Whatever it is you know in your heart, you can do it. 
You know, when I got that email from Nancy, I thought, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to print it out. I'm going to rip it to shreds. I'm going to drop it in the trash can. I'm going to throw a match in there and burn it up. Because I didn't want to hear that. I didn't want to be qualified. I didn't want any of that. I didn't want it. But you can do this. Enable me to get up and go do it. You can do this. You can do this. Now I'm going to tell you something, mamas and daddies. That's what we need to be saying to our kids. You can do this. We need to speak destiny over them. We need to speak DNA into them. If you'll do it, they'll do it. It's a miracle. It was a miracle. I'm, I'm telling you, it was a miracle. I made it all the way through college. Nobody helped me. Nobody. It's like I was, in one way, I was a homeless person. I had nothing. God did it because God said you can do it by and you'll find a way. When he says you can do it, you'll find it. He'll give you the ability to find what you need to do to do what he said you can do. And whatever you're facing today in your life, if he said you can do it, keep going. Keep going after it. Find a way. There's a way around it. He'll show you the way. You just keep. Don't quit. Don't give up. You can do it. I'm just telling you that. If he says you can do it, nothing, there's only, there's only one thing that can stop you from doing it. That's you. The devil can't stop you. You can. You can stop, be stopped by believing the devil. You can be stopped by listening to your flesh. Are y'all clear? Amen. Let's stand up together. We can, you can do it because why? Because Christ lives in you. And uh, before we leave this morning, I do want to give an invitation to for anybody who's never let Christ come into your life, never put your faith and your trust in Him to uh, deliver you and save you from all your sins, to live eternally, eternal life now. It doesn't start just when you go to heaven. I want to just issue an invitation for you to come forward as we're dismissing this morning and uh, let Christ come into you. Because if Christ does not live in you, you can't do it. I, I hate to tell you that, but that's just the bottom line. Without Christ, we are sunk. Isn't that true, church? So let Him come in. It'll be the best thing that's ever happened in your life. I can promise you that. So, Lord, thank You for this morning. Let this Word dwell richly in our hearts and deeply. In Jesus' name, amen. So come forward if that's you. If you need prayer for anything else, for sickness.